Welcome to Front Porch Confessional, your weekly Devo podcast. My name is Jeff Goki, and I am so happy that you have tuned in today. Welcome to episode 259, and welcome back to my front porch. Uh, it's so fun, uh, you know, doing this week in and week out. Uh, I literally have recorded this particular intro. I think four different times. Something keeps going wrong. Like I, the cord got unplugged, and my phone went. And then the, it's just like, <laughs> am I supposed to do this episode? I don't know. Yeah. So it's one of those things about doing a podcast. On your end, it all comes out sounding like, wow, he just must step up to that microphone and just do this every week. And you know, for the most part, that is pretty true. Every once in a while, it's like, man, I cannot seem to get a handle on the front end of this podcast. What's going on? I mean, once I get into it, I'm kind of flowing, but my goodness, microphones getting unplugged, technology just shutting off. I suppose this is the world of podcasts and this is what goes on, but it's fine. Uh, honestly, I, I hope you all are, are doing really, really well. I, I am finding... A, uh, a renewed energy for life. And I know for those of you who listen to the podcast, this sounds like a complete, like, no duh. But it's true. <clears throat> I don't know what it is. It, for, for, for instance, there's a couple worship songs um, that, that, that I've been listening to recently that have just, like, I, I was texting a friend the other day, and I was like, this, when I listen to the song, it makes me feel you know, like I'm a, a new Christian, like a new Christian again. Like I, you know, when I'm going on my walks and stuff like this, I'm like, I like believe every word. It's kind of this cool, uh, it's kind of this cool feeling, you know, sometimes, you know, I've been a believer my whole life. And sometimes when you have these moments where it just feels new and, and the Lord feels so near, like it's bringing about this great joy and peace in my life. Uh, the two songs that honestly have been really, really helpful for me recently is Firm, by, Firm Foundation uh, by Cody Carnes. Cody um, was actually uh, on my Phoenix One board uh, uh, kind of phase one. So the first time we did this, he was on, on our board and Cody, Cody and his wife Carrie are such gifted musicians, but this song that he he has uh, put out just a little while ago, it, I mean, it's making me feel like a brand new Christian. I mean, I'm out on my walk, I'm like crying, I'm like singing at the top of my lungs in the morning. It's awesome, and I'm like really like I believe every word uh, that I'm singing. And then the other one um, that has been so great is called no one ever cared for me like Jesus and Stephanie. Oh gosh, Gretzinger. I'm going to mess up her last name, but those two songs, I don't know what it is. Like, seems like when I'm going on my walk, I'm just kind of be quiet. Those songs, um, either I listen to them or I'm singing them and, um, they've just been really life giving and it's giving me this, this, it feels like fresh faith, fresh, you know, love, that kind of thing. You know how, like, if you've been married for any period of time, um, you know that you, you get used to marriage in some ways. Like, you get, you know, you it's kind of, there's some Groundhog Day, you know, kind of feeling vibe that goes on. And, and you live together, and it's wonderful. But then when you start going through this moment of really pursuing after one another and really taking kind of that next step in your relationship, like there's this beautiful energy. It feels like you're dating again. It feels like, all, you know, some of those awesome feelings that you, not that they got lost, they matured, but they kind of awakened some of that. Uh, that's a little bit what's been going on recently. And it's been cool. And, I, and I've and I really needed that from the Lord. You know, main, I mean, I feel like I'm giving a lot out 
And so it's just been this thing that I think the consistency of sitting out here and being in his presence and waiting for him, um, it's not something I had to force. It's just happening. And um, that's not always been the case. I've gone through years of drought, years where I just don't feel like I'm hearing or connecting. But it just seems recently that, man, it's just refreshing. So I share that with you, encourage you not to say, hey, look, I got this all figured out and look at me. Isn't that great? for me more to be encouraged like if you're in a season of drought i get you i know what that feels like but be patient and continue to walk in be consistent in in spending time with him and listening he will meet you in a fresh and new way um i want to say thanks to all of you who continue to listen really appreciate it and those who give on patreon uh, which is kind of the monthly donation platform that i use uh really appreciate it and those of you who give in other different forms checks and venmo and paypal and things like that um i I want you to know like it it really does mean a lot to me uh it actually helps me to kind of move some things forward that i'm trying to move forward like i'm uh, the hope is uh to try to launch uh, a website um, that would uh, have some resources and things like that. So been working on that. And the the, th- the funds that you give help me not just to be able to have this podcast and do this, um, but literally to help move some things forward to help some people out. I don't really make money off the podcast. It just helps to offset the costs that, I, that are associated with doing this. So I just want to say thank you. I really, really really appreciate it um and then those of you who bought the devotional always helpful thank you so much for supporting that okay into our passage view as orphans i will come to you yet a little while yet a yet a little while and the world will see me no more but you will see me because i live you also will live uh, I always found it interesting when the kids were young playing hide and seek. I always in, enjoyed that with the kids because they were so bad at it. Like, so, like, are you serious? We're, we're trying to play a competitive game here. And if you have any competitive bone in your body, kids in hide and seek are the worst. Like, they, they just, like, hide behind chairs or out in the open, like, curled up like a ball. And they're, like, it's, it's so funny because they really genuinely believe that they're hiding, but they're not. You know, they, they're just why they're not good at it. And so I, as I was thinking about this passage, I was like, he, he's not good at hiding. You know, like Jesus is not saying here, I'm trying to hide myself. Right. He's like, no, I am available. Like, this is the idea of like what, uh, when John is going, like he's come to rescue and save the world. He's, uh, incarnated us. He's come to us. He's not the, this obscure, uh, divine figure no, no, no. He came near. The word became flesh and dwelt among us, right? This is what John is trying to help us understand all throughout his gospel. I'm not trying to hide. I, God came to us, Emmanuel, with us. And so in this passage, which is so, so beautiful, uh, this is called the Upper Room Discourse. And this is the day before Jesus dies. And, and you can in John, like as you're leaning into the upper uh, upper room discourse, it's got this feeling to it, and I would encourage you to read through it. That it's almost like lean in. He's wanting you to lean in, right? He it like he's leaning into the disciples, and he's leaning into us. And so this is that point in which in which the scriptures are like, come on, lean in. There is some truth here that is going to revolutionize your life. It's going to change you. You need to lean in. 
And what I love that Jesus continues to tell them as he's preparing them for what is to come is he says to them, I'm not going away. I'm not going away. Now think about this. Think how kind that Jesus is. He's preparing them. You know, he's preparing them for what is coming their way. Like they are not expecting for Jesus, their Messiah, to die. They're not not expecting that at all. That's why they've been confused the whole time when he starts prophesying about what will come, that he's going to die and he's going to raise again. They don't have, they have no clue he's going to destroy the temple and rebuild. Like they, they, they have no idea what he's talking about. Their minds are kind of myopically fixed on what it is or who they who it is they believe he is and and, but jesus doesn't leave them there he starts preparing them this is that night before he's going to die and he's preparing them for what is to come but one of the messages he says to them right off the gate is this listen you don't know what's coming yet but i'm not going away i know it's going to look like that it's going to feel like that but i am not going away and this you know, this got me thinking about our lives, about my lives, how how often when things go weird and they don't go the way we want to and how they become unpredictable, we start asking that question like, God, where are you or where were you? Like, what is going on? And what I find so interesting is he's not hiding. You know, he's not hiding. He's not cruel in that way. He's not like a cruel father. You know, I was thinking about in the, in the vice versa of the kids playing hide and seek that there's also the kind of a cruelty to a parent playing hide and seek and finds the most impossible hiding spot for a child to find you know and then just stays there and at some point the kid just kind of gives up like this isn't even fun anymore you know the parent doesn't give a clue you know or for whatever reason it tends to be just a little bit cruel that is not what jesus is doing but what he what he what he's trying to do is going like this. I'm not hiding, but here's the thing that's real true about us. We're not necessarily always looking in the right way. Here's the thing. He is our father and we are his kids. We're not orphans. He's not abandoned us. And I know at times like it can feel that way, you know, because, you know, maybe you had, like I was talking earlier in the podcast, like this season I'm in where it feels this nearness and this closeness and this delight, right? And you have those moments in your life and then all of a sudden something happens and it feels like the rug gets pulled out from underneath you and you're like, where are you? What's going on, right? He's going like this. Don't ever think like like an orphan child. Don't think like that. Don't think like I've abandoned you or that I'm leaving you. And I just thought, how beautiful that he is preparing their hearts for that. I cannot even imagine what it was for the disciples to go through what they went through with Jesus. But he was preparing them. In his kindness, they were being prepared by Jesus. He was trying to say, something's going to happen, and it's not what you're expecting. But you need to be reassured of this. I am not going away. You will not be orphaned. And now there's this transition and I, and, I, and I think it's a really, really important one. The, the disciples, uh, for the most part, are unaware, uh, truly, uh, of who Jesus is. 
And I think a lot of times we are as well. I think we're really confused with who Jesus is. You know, they they in many ways uh, thought he was going to take over Rome and he was going to reestablish the people of Israel and Jerusalem was going to be what it was meant to be. And, you know, they were going to kind of do the takeover kind of thing. <laughs> you know, like we're back. But they're in, in, in all reality, they were like, we're on the winning team. Right. And I, I got a front seat. You know, we were you know, we were the early adopters in this whole Messiah thing. Like Jesus. Yeah. He's our boy. Yeah. We got you. We got you. Right. And so in, in their minds, they're going, we're on the winning team and, and they have it all planned out in their minds. And I think we do the same thing. We have become very presumptuous in what we believe this life and living for Jesus actually looks like. And so when it doesn't go the way we think it should go, we kind of crumble a bit and we kind of go, wait, what? And, And see, here's the thing about this. Like Jesus knows this and what he does to the disciples and he's doing to you and I is he's reminding them to not be so shorted, short-sighted like the world. Like he's like, the world's missing me. They're, they're not going to be able to see me because they're not looking for the right thing. So don't be short-sighted like them. Don't get so locked in to the way the world does things, the way the world thinks through things. Don't be so uh, short-sighted for that. You know, a lot of times within our culture, within our world, within humanity, we're looking for all the right things. We're looking for success in all the wrong places. Like, here's a for instance, like in this scenario with Jesus, they are not seeing Jesus's death as winning, but it is, you know, and that's why Jesus is saying to them, like the first shall be last. And this is this whole idea as he's kind of washing feet too. It's like, no one's greater than the servant. Like he's servants going to lay down his life. Are you going to do this? But they don't see it that way. We don't either. We don't see our lives that way. We don't know what it is to truly accept the way that, that God does things. And this is what Jesus is inviting them into, is this idea is like, they're going to miss it. They're going to miss it. You know, I mean, if you think about all our culture is trying to say to look for, it's just not fulfilling them. And Jesus is like, I want to fulfill you. I want to give you life. And the most important thing that he continues to say is like, I'm never going to leave you. Just because, right? Just because, like Jesus would say, just because I'm going to experience all and the worst of what this world offers, which is death, that doesn't define me. I will raise from the dead. I'll send my spirit and I will lead you into what I have for you on this earth. But we are a distracted people. And what Jesus is trying to do is refocus us on who he is and who we are. We are loved by the father and led by the spirit. We have a purpose. And what is so beautiful is that when the disciples finally got this, and when they finally understood this, they were willing to lay down their life for him. And I wonder if that becomes a bit confrontational for you and I. Because do we really believe this? Do we really believe that we are not orphans, that he has not left left us? That when he says, because I live, you also will live, not just here on earth, but also into eternity, And that that would radically shift and change our lives because our perception of who Jesus is will define how we live. So the question is simple. 
what do you believe, who do you believe Jesus is, and how has that changed, or is that changing the way you are living? Father God, continue to lead us and guide us through your spirit. Thank you for your son Jesus, who continues to remind us that we are not alone, and we are not orphaned, and you care for us, and you love us so much. So, take a breath, reflect, and believe that the God of the universe is near to you in your own heartbeat. Until next time.